it's been said I can empty a church and there they all go. So, <laughs> well, it's good to be good to be with you today, and how wonderful it is to have the ring of the handbells uh, in the quiet of the sanctuary with fellow Christians out to remind us of the great hymns of our faith. Well, I was 21, and uh, I was the weekend youth minister at Bethany Baptist Church in Phoenix City. I would drive over twice on Sundays and teach the youth, and it was a Sunday evening. And uh, I arrived in the parking lot just about the same time as Brother Moore. Brother Moore was a, a deacon, and in that church, being a deacon was a little bit like being on the Supreme Court. It was uh, lifetime, and there was no appeal beyond uh, what, what they decided. So we got out of our cars about the same time. I'm out of my 67 Volkswagen, and he stops me, and he said, Son, you see that car there? I said, uh, Yes, sir. Baby blue Cadillac Coupe de Ville, brand new. And he said, God, give me that Cadillac. And I, I was 21. I didn't know what to say. And so I just kept listening. He said, that's right. He said, you know, Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I've wanted a Cadillac as long as I can remember and I delight in the Lord. God, give me that Cadillac. Well, I was young, but I was wise enough to know just to let it go. But then, about three or four years later in seminary, there was a, a seminary student. I had graduated to a 73 Volkswagen, by the way. And uh, he was in a Cadillac. And there was an article that appeared in a Baptist publication about him, how he had wanted a Cadillac and he quoted this verse, and God gave him the desire of his heart. And, uh, and I remember the last line of the article was, and, and God even got the color right. And uh, at that point, I'd learned a little bit more. And I knew enough to wonder what was wrong with good Christians around the world who were starving and uh, just wondered if maybe they should have been desiring Cadillacs instead of uh, food. I did hear someone say, well, if you don't get the desire of your heart, then it's really not the desire of your heart. It must be the desire of your mind, which always seemed like a bit of a cop-out to me. And it was just a way to rationalize why some people didn't get it. And so, uh, for this sermon, I did an internet search. And if you search uh, the desire of your heart, uh, the first two pages will be sermons about this passage, and almost all of them are about acquiring uh, material possessions. And uh, one was a testimony from somebody who had uh, gotten a ranch which I thought was probably better than a Cadillac, and, uh, but that had been the desire of his heart. But it's never rung true to me. 
I just, uh, I, it just seemed inconsistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So a couple of years ago, after I retired uh, from the active pastorate, I was working with our community foundation in Rome, and I was uh, looking up some things on the Internet about generosity and giving, and I came across a video, and I have to tell you, you know, there are so many videos on the, um, the Internet that I've never been able to find this video again. You always think you'll go back and find it, and I couldn't find it. But it was the story about a couple. They lived in the upper Midwest, and they'd run a uh, farm implement business. So they sold things like bush hogs and discs and things you can pull behind a tractor. And they had sold it, and they had made a lot of money. And so the video was produced by this organization that helps people kind of figure out what to do with the next chapter of life. And so this, they're interviewing the, the wife, and she is talking about how, you know, we had the money, we had the health, we had the time. And so we began to pray, God, what is it you want us to do? And uh, I remember telling God, God, I'll do anything but be a missionary. I just don't want to be a missionary lady. And so she said, and of course, you know what happened. And I mean, you can see this coming down the road, can't you? She said, I became convicted that God wanted us in this chapter of life to be missionaries. And she said, okay, so I'm going to pray differently. God, I will be a missionary if you want me to, but anywhere but Africa. I don't care where you send me, but do not. we're not going to Africa. I can tell you that right now. We will not be going to Africa. Never tell God, never. She said that she became convicted, and somebody got her to take one trip, just take one trip. And they went to this village, and they saw the need of the children. And she said, I knew where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do. And she and her husband invested, and they've done water and sanitation projects. And I mean, you talk about changing lives. They have changed lives in that village based on what they've done. And at the end, she said, I always thought I understood that verse from the Psalms. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I always thought God would give you whatever you wanted. And she said, I came to realize through this experience, if you truly delight in the Lord, God will place in your heart the desires that God wants you to have. God will give you the desires of your heart. And she talked about how much better, how much better their lives were, how much more enriched, how much closer they felt to walking with Jesus Christ through this experience by allowing God to put the desires into their heart instead of telling God what it is they wanted. Now, which sounds more like Jesus to you? Something like a, a Christmas list of possessions that we think would really make our lives better 
or a, a God-inspired vision and a, mis- a mission of how one of us could be invested in the work in the ki- of the kingdom of God in a new way. Which sounds more like Jesus? Which sounds more like abundant life? I don't know about you, but whenever I have, there was something that I thought I just had to have, something that I just absolutely had to have. It was nice to get it, but it never changed my life. I I might have enjoyed things, but it didn't really change me. I don't know if you read the meditation this morning at the top of the uh, order of worship. My prayers, my God, flow from what I am not. I think thy answers make me what I am. God sometimes knows much better what it is that we would want if we only knew to want it. There is a prayer. It's often, uh, I often see it, it, it's attributed different ways, but it is uh, most often, I think, attributed as a Confederate veteran's prayer, supposedly written by a veteran of the Civil War at the close of the war when He was uh, very weak. He said, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches so that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of others. I was given weakness that I might feel the need for God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered, and I am among all people most richly blessed. When you think about expressing to God the desires of your heart, I will not say no one ever gets a Cadillac. But why settle for a Cadillac when you can have a new heart? Shall we pray? Oh God, we thank you how in the mystery of your workings you do things for us that we didn't even know we needed. So we offer ourselves now to you and say, make of us what you will. Send us where you would have us go. Make us what we should be. For we know that your will is perfect and that your desires are above our desires. Teach us how to want what you want for us. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.